Welcome to Secret Lives of Expanders. This is where we get to meet and learn from those who have done great things, things that are outside the box. The idea is to introduce you to entrepreneurs, creators, and healers who have done really wild things. And this episode is a bit different because I was recently interviewed on a podcast with Rick Lau, who um, is an entrepreneur, and you'll get to meet him on this episode. But I decided to share this particular interview to my own audience as uh, a lot of evolution has happened in both my personal life and I've been sharing more and more of it and opening a bit more both personally and from a business perspective of the things that I've gone through. So I got to do that on this particular podcast and I shared about my burnout and private practice and a bit of my personal life and the steps that I took uh, to help me quantum leap and Rick asked really great questions and I was like, I have to share this with you all as well. The universal truths and quantum leap principles that I shared with Rick on this interview are just a tip of the iceberg um, that I share more of and I teach these principles and laws and such inside of Elevate Club. Um, Some of you are already in there and you're familiar with the weekly sessions with the coaching calls and uh, all the entrepreneurs that I have in the club, they have been hitting some major goals. They're doing less. They're finding more peace, love and abundance just by uh, just by integrating some of these concepts that we teach on a weekly basis. By the way, it only takes 20 minutes a week um, to fully participate in this. And if you have any interest in joining Elevate Club, you can actually go to our website, elevate.me and get on the wait list. Um, The website is elivate.me. Or you can reach out to me on social media on uh, Instagram is where I usually hang out, but I'm also on other platforms. I would love to hear your thoughts about uh, this episode. Also, reach out to me, let me know what you think, and I hope you enjoy it. We are live, everyone. Welcome to the Clinic Boss Show. I'm Rick Lau, and I'm your host. Uh, I grew and exited 127 locations, and now I'm on this amazing journey to meet all these like amazing healthcare entrepreneurs in the world on how to be smarter in business and in life, you know. And so today we got a super special guest. We got Nona here, and uh, yeah, and and the reason I, I reached out to Nona was like Nona is like she appears on my Instagram feed all the time all my followers follow her and and it's just like they're in her content it's so good and just I just want to thank you for coming to the show right yes thank you I'm excited to be here yeah and and I actually want you to share maybe a bit of like the story that you shared with me and how you got into the profession of chiropractics and and, and what you do now yeah so um well let me begin back in the day <laughs> no I'm kidding I won't go too far back But basically, I went to chiropractic school, I graduated, and I was like, I am going to make it like I'm going to have a successful practice. And um, obviously, I'm in my early 20s, I had no idea what the heck I was doing. So I go, all right, what's the fastest way to get somewhere is let's get some mentorship. So I hired coaches and mentors and practice management groups. And um, they sort of would give me this this box or a set of systems or mechanics of running a successful practice. They go, these are the elements that it takes in order for you to build a successful practice. And I said, yes, thank you. I took the box and I literally just became their A plus student. Like I just every script, every system, every, every, the strategy, I did not sway one bit. I just implemented because I didn't know anything different anyways. Right. So I put it all into my business and, um, it was extremely successful. I was, I was already sort of driven anyways, type a entrepreneurial personality to begin with. So it, it blew up. Like that practice was really massively successful. However, um, I started to burn out. I started burn out because I became a slave to my clinic, which I think a lot of people relate to, right? Like, okay, you have all the success, you have all this money, you have the family, you have all the things, the check boxes, right? 
And I remember feeling like, oh my gosh, like this is ridiculous. I have all the things you're supposed to have in life and I am completely unhappy with my life. Like I feel unfulfilled. I was tired. I almost got out of the profession. I was like, let me do something totally different. And I would go to my coaches and my coaches would be like, just go back to the systems. I'm fine tune the systems. And I go, no, it's not the systems. They're working. It's something else. And I remember, Rick, um, I went to a therapist. I was like, I, maybe I need therapy. So I go to a therapist and, you know, they ask you the question. They're like, so what brings you here today? <laughs> and I go through all the different categories of my life. You know, at the time I was married, I go, here's my marriage. Here's my business. Yeah. Your childhood you know, wounds, right? You know, right. I didn't even get there. This is session oh. one. I'm just covering like the basics. Yeah, in my yeah. current life. And it was, it was the weirdest experience because as I'm describing it to her, I'm thinking this is like, this is a really good life I'm having. Yeah, yeah. And, and I felt kind of guilty explaining all of that because obviously there are so many more people who have way more painful lives than I do. And she mirrored that back to me. And she basically told me to go home and be grateful. And the challenge for me there was, and that was a big moment for me because the challenge was I was grateful, but I was unhappy. Like I, I was truly unhappy. And here I was paid somebody, a paid professional to tell me to go home and settle basically. And um, as I went through that, those dark moments, I realized, okay, there's got to be an easier way to do things. Like, I don't want to be a slave to my clinic. I don't want my clinic to be personality based. I don't want my clinic where like every time I hire somebody, the numbers go down. I didn't want to just be, you know, like I, I'm afraid I'm, I have anxiety, like going to, I wanted to go to Barcelona for a month. It was like, I have so much anxiety because what's going to happen to my clinic, even though I had a gem of an associate at the time. So didn't want to experience any of those. I wanted more freedom. I wanted more ease in life. Mm. And um, as I was going through those dark moments, I realized that there was a possibility to do things better, that, that there was possibility for more ease. And I started to jot down and sort of dream a little bit of what might be possible. And at the time and where I was and who I was surrounded with, and, and I, maybe even in all of my profession, Nobody had done the things that I wrote down that I wanted to do. So I had written down like 20 hours a week, whether I have an associate or if I'm the sole doctor in the practice, if I have an associate, I don't want to be in the practice, but I want the associate to work in 20 hours a week. I want to generate a million dollars or more. And I want to do it in cash because at the time I was taking insurance also. So I go, I want to be part-time million dollar cash. And I want to travel with my kids. I want to have freedom to leave and, and not this attachment, this slavery uh, relationship with my practice. I want it to be a place of joy. And so um, I did all, and I wanted to be happy. I wanted to be joyful and all of those things. So I started to dream and I took myself through this process where I, you know, and I, I teach this inside of my community, inside of Elevate Club. But I basically went through and I created a life vision for myself. Like, uh, sorry, life life vision is that what you said? Okay. Yeah, I call it an now I call it an elevated life vision, which okay. is basically a script of your next life, right? Okay. So, uh, you know, when you were as an engineer, your background, right? So, if yeah. to have to get to where you got to with all of these clinics. Maybe you didn't like write it down. One day I'm going to own, you know, maybe you did. I don't know. I but, did not. I did not. Okay. But it was probably somewhere in there. There was probably some, and maybe not that big of a vision, but like some, the next level of it yeah. was like, oh, well, when we acquire this business, here's what it's going to look like. You, you were craving more freedom. This sounds very interesting because I, I do a very similar thing called like a, a five-year painted picture, like, you know, and I'm painting I'm, I'm writing my, like what my day would look like five years from now, right? Yeah. Yes. From the moment I wake up to yeah. me going to bed. Yeah. And I still remember that because I'm doing that right now with my daughter and my wife yeah. in Italy, right? Where I'm feeling super fulfilled with still like running my business, 
being like a nomad CEO, but still traveling, you know, um, and, and just checking off all the bucket list stuff, like professionally, uh, sorry, uh, personally, but professionally, like I'm still checking the stuff off too. Cause like, you know, the business is like taken off and like, it's just like, so it's, it's just like, and, and, and when I look at that piece of paper, I shared it with my wife, you know? Um, and, uh, she was like, wow. You know, I actually, it actually made her like cry, you know, I actually on that five year painted picture, I actually even talked about my death. Right. Yes. And how I want to be remembered. Yes. Like what happens at the funeral. Right. So is that yeah. a very similar exercise that you're so talking it's about? funny because when you and I started to talk, Rick, I was like, I guarantee we're, we're very similar, but we speak different languages. So, yeah. and I don't mean like, you know, English. I speak Chinese. Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, okay, so what you are describing, so part of the elevated life vision, and I walk people through this process is, um, you know, there's criterias that go in there. Part of it is called a day in a life, which is exactly what you said. Like, what does a day in a life of me look like, of my next version look like? And so you mm. write it all out. And that's exactly what I did. So in as I walked and day in a life and you, you incorporate emotions. Why did your wife get emotional and cry? Because it elicited emotions in her and she's living that life that you described. Right. So yeah. it has Plus to I was happen. talking about my death, you know, and, and, and oh, yeah. how I want to be remembered, you know, and, yeah. and what people would say. <laughs> I mean, I think there is value in, you know, like knowing your becoming face to face with your mortality, because if you knew yeah. that you only have one life to live and this is it, you do so much more. Yeah. Um, so yes, I went through that process of the elevated life vision and I was able to uh, create a practice that was part-time million dollar and it actually ended up being a practice that I could leave, have absolute freedom. I created a, a weight loss company that then uh, took virtual. We had three locations. So like all these other side businesses were able to uh, yeah. pop up as a result of that. And then the just like you, the life that I live right now, like I live between Italy and Southern California. I have, I'm able to travel with my kids. I have so much freedom. I've set everything up exactly the way that I want to experience life. And sometimes I have to pause and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I wrote about this like three years ago, two years ago, a year yeah. ago. Wow. That's super cool. You know? Um, but, uh, but, but you know what? Like, I think it's easier to say it when you are successful but when you are like in the grind and hustling and starting off yeah and like you just took a but you took a bunch of money out you know you got this lease everything is way more expensive now inflation there's the recessions like all everything that's going on that's all messed up with like the news and current events now like how can you get to that space yeah i i haven't when you're hustling, you know, and then you got kids and family, you know, and then, you know, like, it's just like, whoa. That's the thing is, I think it, you really only have, uh, like one choice in life, which is where your intention and your focus goes. Right. When I first started my business, it was 2008. So the economy in the U S had completely crashed. So if I were to listen to the news and if I were to, I mean, businesses around me, including chiropractic, they were all shutting down. Like the, everything was just, you know, it was like the worst, factually, it was the worst time to start a business. But yeah. if I focused on that and if I subscribe to the idea that it's really hard and that it, it will be impossible, it's gonna, you know, the business, the, I'm, I'm sorry, the news and the. Uh, economy and blah, blah, blah. If I focused on that, then I wouldn't be where I'm at today, except I, I started to focus or subscribe to the thought process that, you know what, I can make this happen, you know, ha sort of having faith in myself or having certainty in myself. And that if I do fail, that's okay too. I will learn and I'll pick myself back up and I'll do it again, or I'll do it differently. So I think yeah. the focus is also important because how many people do we meet where you know, they focus on the thing that's wrong when there's like 99 other percent other things that are going on in their life that are beautiful and they should be grateful for. Yeah. And just look at COVID as an example. Remember when COVID happened, 
Yeah. You can't get harder than that, you know, when know. your business shuts down for like, what, nine months or six, like on and off, like depending on what state you're in, right? Like it goes on and off, on and off, fire employee, hire employee, you know, open door, closed door, right? Yes. It cannot be harder than that. And like, I know so many practice owners, whether it's a physical therapist or a chiropractor who started a clinic during COVID, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, they're doing millions now, right? Oh, yeah. And so it's kind of like what you're talking about. Like, I think like, you know, like I think in times of um, adversity, it challenges, um, I'm, I hate to say survival of the fittest, right? But it does challenge people to yeah. like step up their game. And like, if you don't step up your game, then I think you will like, just kind of like, you'll be a consequence of like what all the masses do, right? You know, like you, you flow with the economy. So if the GDP goes down, you're going to go down GDP. You're going to blame the news. You're going to blame the recession, inflation. But then like, you know, there's a 20% of clinics like inside our community who are crushing it. You know, they're not, they're not growing at GDP, right? Right. (laughs) They're like, they're growing like 20, 30% a year consistently. And they did really well during COVID, but then they're, and they're almost ashamed of it. Right. Yeah. Is that interesting? But that's, that goes like, exactly. It goes to those people who I have a saying I used to say, and I, hopefully this won't be taken the wrong way, but um, it's like how you did COVID is how you do everything, you know, which is like, okay, you saw COVID and then did you see opportunity? Did you see pivot? Did you see, I'm going to do things differently and better. I'm going to take things virtual or I'm here's how I'm going to grow, or I'm going to maybe do a different business. Or did you see COVID and go, oh my gosh, COVID, I'm doomed, right? Yeah. Where was your focus? Yeah, that, that's a good point, you know? Yeah, I, 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 could see, I could say personally, like, you know, since COVID, our business part like doubled, right? Same. And, Same. and when I reflect at it, like, I remember that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, like, it's, it's a scary time, you know? Um, but then when I looked at it, I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is like my... Th- this is like my like second like recession that I've actually survived, you know, actually, no, it was my third, like third, like crazy, like call it recession, depression. And, and every single time I get out of it, you know, right. And then I'm, I'm and, and I'm, I'm, and I'm seeking like, okay, what opportunities are here, right. You know, where do I focus my energy, you know, to work on the things that really matter, you know, and then when times like get overwhelmed, like my therapist tells me all the time, like when you're overwhelmed, like, and you get super stressed out, you could just focus on what you could control all the other stuff. Don't worry about it. Cause you can't change it. Exactly. But what can you control? Mm-hmm. So that's exactly it. Where's your focus? What can you do? Wow. Jeez. That's awesome. Earlier I was checking out your Instagram, you know, and, and, uh, and you talk a lot about like, you know, forget the how. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's about like starting with like maybe the why and the vision, you know, can you talk a little more about that? Yeah. And, and, uh, <laughs> I think that when you first hear that you go, Oh, well, how do I, if I say I have this vision and I forget about the how then, cause my previous identity as a business owner who was type a personality super driven hustle you know all the things would have been like that's total bs because how can you forget about the how the how is like the mechanics the strategy like all the things you're supposed to be doing to get you there but it's a completely different mind shift um where what and this actually i learned from bob proctor and a lot of other uh spiritual and you know coaches and mentors of mine speak to this which is also i think okay so the idea is if you have a big vision for your life for your practice for your clinic for you know for your business if you have a big vision like you have some numbers you want to hit you have a certain number of people you want to help or have a certain kind of impact the way you want to provide for your family the your lifestyle what you want to experience in life Say you have all of that, okay? And it seems way beyond where you are. Like your timeline is here and this vision is way over here. Well, if that's the case, then um, the, the thinking that you have right now can only use the timeline that you're in, 
right? Like, so I think this way, and these are my thoughts and my emotions right now as this version right here. So I can really only create this kind of life. Like my results, my end results are absolutely predictable. However, this life that I want is going to require a completely wildly different kind of thinking, a wildly different kind of emotions and thoughts and belief systems, right? So if I go into the how uh, with this big vision, I'm looking at it from the timeline I'm in and there's no way I can make that happen because obviously I'm not there yet, right? So um, this thing- This is so deep, by the way, this is like- this is like physics. That's, well, a little bit. <laughs> like multi-dimensional. Like it, it, it was that quantum, like quantum leaping stuff you're talking about earlier, right? Yes, I know. That's why when we started this conversation, I was like, "Are you prepared? Are you prepared to meet me?" <laughs> oh no, you know what? I I I love these type of conversations, right? So. Yeah, I know you do. You you are using them whether you know or not. These are universal laws. So, um, when I say forget the how, is if you have a big vision and this has been your vision, it's been on your heart for a while, then um, if you you only need to know two things. You only need to know that uh, you are capable of it, right? Mm. That, that you can, you can, you're capable of it. You don't need to know how to do it. And uh, you also need to know that you are willing to do what it takes, okay? So if I'm capable of it, by the way, some of you are like, my vision is really big. Like, I don't even know if I'm capable of it. That's fine. Is there anybody in the world that can do, is there another human that can accomplish that vision? If the answer is yes, then you can do it too. Also, mm -hmm. if that vision is yours and it's on your heart, then it's it's been assigned to you. Like, that's your vision. You got to go for it. So are you capable of it? If the answer is yes, then great. Are you willing to do what it takes? And if the answer is yes, then don't worry about the how, because the more you tap into that vision, like the frequency of that vision, you the more you research it, the more you learn about it, surround yourself with people that have had that vision or are doing it, guess what? The how will start to appear. Like you don't have to come up with, oh, here's a to-do list to get to here. You can, but that most likely will um will create incremental growth and not a quantum leap. This is that movie, like the secrets, like the law of attractions, right? It's a little bit. Yes. That's yeah. all. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a universal truth too, right? Yeah. Cause I, I was thinking about, you, you know, like when you think about something, you know, like I think one day I was looking at a, like a white truck or a black truck. And then next thing I know, I saw like white and black trucks everywhere. Exactly. It's just like your consciousness is just more aware of like what's in front of you. Right. Yes. And there's more research that actually proves that that's not a woo woo type of thing yeah. Your reticular activating system in your brain actually is able to pick up the things that you are telling your subconscious mind. Yeah. You know, this stuff that you talk about is like, it's a completely different. This is like a wavelength. I mean, like I'm completely opposite. I'm always about like the how, like oh. here is the checklist. Here is the to do's, you know, like, and, and if you look at my content, like it's all about here is the secret. Here is the how to, right. You know, and then here is another how to, here's your playbook. Just, just go do it. Right. Yeah. 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 But to some degree, I mean, you, you are a dreamer. I know that about you in the first like two minutes of our conversation, right? Like you, you are a dreamer. So you have a dream maybe, and, and you obviously wrote some pieces of it down five years from now, you know, your vision or your day, uh, day in a life of. So the how also comes to you because you tap into the big dream or the big vision you have for your life. So yes. you're able to access the how because you have your solid on your dream. You're crystal clear. But most people, what do they do? They don't know where they're going. They yeah. don't have a crystal clear vision of where they're going. So the hows that they come up with is at the level, at the frequency that they're at right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, like, so you work with a lot of chiropractors, you know, and, and I think you talked about this earlier, like, you know, the ideal situation is they work 20 hours a week and they're billing a million dollars, right? You know, that well, sounds good, but is, is that, is that possible? Like, no, I mean, oh yeah. I mean, I have chiropractors in my, in my uh, mastermind that are doing this, but let me, let me clarify that. That's not the ideal. The ideal is what fits your lifestyle. 
that was yeah. ideal at the time for me. It's not ideal for me right now. What's ideal yeah. for me right now is have multiple different businesses that generate passive income and give me the freedom to live the lifestyle I want. But at the time, that was the dream. That was the vision. Okay. So yeah. is it possible? Yes, absolutely. It's been a it's been a beautiful journey to watch so many of uh, my mastermind members be able yeah. to tap into that because it resonates with them and they want to do that. And they have built um, million dollar practices and uh, barely working. I have one clinic who is working. <laughs> you're not going to believe this one week out of the month. She yeah. pivoted her entire business model. She only sees patients one week out of the month. She's a solo doc, doesn't even have associates. And uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I know. <laughs> and she's building a million where she only treats like four times a month. Is that what you're saying? She is only no, she's only working one like first week of every month. That's the okay. only week she sees patients. She takes off okay. three weeks out of the month, and the way she does that, she happens to be. And I don't know if your audience would be familiar with this, but she's an upper cervical chiropractor. So okay. not the kind of chiropractor that would they go, oh, you have to come in three times a week for the rest of your life. They go, oh, you come in once, you hold your adjustments for three, four weeks. Yeah. So she's like, why don't I systematize this? Yeah. And why don't I just see everyone the first week of every month? And just oh, yeah. and yeah, so yeah. she packs it up. Now she has yeah. the option of seeing patients the rest yeah. of the, the month, but she's yeah. been snorkeling and going and you know traveling and doing all the things that she would like she has been wanting to do so anything is possible as long as you have the right mechanics like what you teach which is like here's how you do it here's the mechanics of it and the right energetics behind it because you can give all the how-tos and all the playbooks to somebody who's stuck in a state of scarcity do you think that they're going to do something with it it's mm. likely they won't most likely they won't. And if they do, they're they're pushing the boulder up the hill. They're not doing it with ease. And how, how can they get over that mindset? I think um, awareness is, is always going to be the first step. It's like having awareness around the fact that, you know what, I'm, I am um, either I'm procrastinating on what, how Rick, what Rick is telling me to do, or even if I'm not procrastinating, I keep doing all of these things and I feel stuck. Okay, maybe it doesn't have to do with the mechanics. Maybe it's not the systems and the ways of doing things, the playbook stuff. Maybe it has more to do with how I'm showing up to do it. I mean, picture you give all of your how-tos to yeah. a, a clinic owner who is a complainer. Like, that's just who they are. They just complain about everything. Do you notice that this individual is going to have success with the how-to that has built thousands of really successful no it's just not gonna happen and patients won't like you your your staff won't like you right well, and, you won't you don't like you <laughs> and and your spouse won't like you right and you're just always angry right <laughs> i know a lot of these type of practice owners right you know i know yeah yeah that's, I mean, that was the thing for me is I kept giving my people, here's a part-time million dollar formula. Like this yeah. literally, this is what I just go do this if that's what you want. And then they would feel stuck because they were approaching it with the wrong energy. Yeah. What would you say is um, um, uh, successful ingredients for a successful, like what ingredients would you say are, are essential or successful for like a practice? You know, what needs to happen, right? Yeah. What needs to be there? Yeah, I think, and I sort of touched on this, but basically I think there are two components, but this is big picture, right? Yeah. You, you, you teach the details of it. I'll go big picture. So big picture to make any business successful, you need two components to it. One is going to be the mechanics of the business, which is, you know, here's the strategy, here's the marketing, here's the systems, here's how you talk at the with the front desk, here's how you hire, here's how you fire. So the mechanics of it, the systems, yeah. even communication, scripts, all that stuff, the sales journey, the, you know, the patient journey. And, and then there's the second component, which I, I don't think it's talked about enough in the entrepreneurial space, which is the energetics of it. Okay. And uh, that's where it's like, okay, Rick gave me all of this formula, all this blueprint, and here I am either not putting it in place 
or here I am procrastinating, here I'm waiting for things to be perfect, here I am waiting for my numbers to be a certain way, I feel stuck, right? For as long as you're in the scarcity and stuck energy, you will not be able to put Rick's formula and blueprint and be able to take your clinic to the next level. Now, if you show up to everything that Rick teaches you in a, from a state of abundance, like I, which means having that vision, having a clear vision of where you're going and being like, oh, I'm going over here. I'm not going to complain today. <laughs> I'm not going to be in scarcity. I'm not going to be in fear. I'm going to instead, I'm going to be in abundance. I'm going to be in love. I'm going to be in peace. I'm going to be in joy and approach those mechanics. So this is more the emotions because when I think about why people fail with execution or, or building the business or the life that they want, mm-hmm. I've always viewed it as like they suck as a leader, right? Yeah. And they can't inspire people or patients on their vision or their BHAG or, or where they want to go, right? And so then they just get this constant turnover of staff, musical chairs, and no one wants to be around this. Like, like no one wants to be part of a losing team, right? Yeah. And then that turns into bad energy, right? Yeah. And so when you talk about energy, is it like do you bundle leadership with and communication as part of that? Yeah. I mean, think about and and I, you know, okay. So a couple of things about what you said because that's such a gem right there is um, when you say they're not good leaders, they don't feel like they have the idea. If you dig deeper, you dig deeper, they're not confident in their leadership, right? And if they're not confident, they don't have confidence. And if they don't have confidence, then they're in scarcity or they're in lack or not good enough, right? So those are emotions, they are thoughts, and together they are a frequency. They are an energetic state, right? Like Interesting, yeah. You know what I mean? So if you are, so we're speaking, like I said, we're saying the same thing, just speaking a different language. No, no, I, no I hear you. I Like, you know, and so, like, you know, like I, I still, I, I still have a, like a therapist and we talk a lot about this confidence type of stuff, like a self-worth, right? You know, it comes from a place you know, like I grew up in an immigrant family. And so I, I was with my parents, like I love them to death, but I always grew up with them not making me feel like I was good enough. Right. You know, yeah. you know, you, you were an engineer. You should have been a doctor, you know, a not good enough. A plus, you know, right. You didn't do a master's degree. You want to buy a physio clinics. What's wrong with you? Right. <laughs> That's like the story of my life. <laughs> Yeah, my, my my dad last week was like, you're taking like you're going to be gone for a few years, like homeschooling your 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 daughter. Like what? What's wrong with you? <laughs> the never good enough syndrome that comes oh, from you're like you're screwing your daughter, your daughter up, too. Yeah. So yeah. but but that's what you're talking about, right? Like that lack of confidence, which comes from your childhood, like wounds, right? You know? Well, yeah. And generational trauma. I mean, like, yeah. I, if you just want to talk about poverty, like my, uh, my parents were fine, but when we moved to the United States, like we didn't have any money, all of a sudden I'm 16 and poor, you know, and we're all living yeah. in a small little uh, room. Yeah. And prior to them, even like my grandparents, they grew up in war uh, prior to that. It was the great depression. Like yeah. all of yeah. those thoughts and emotions are passed on through DNA. So no wonder I have a poverty mindset, right? Which I've, I've overcome. But if you come from a poverty mentality and you're you're given the most valuable like formula, it it's not it's not a match. It's not gonna work. At best, you'll have very tiny improvements, and at worst, you'll burn out trying to do this. But if you can shift your state and you're in an energetic state. And then you put this gold into place. That's when you're able to quantum leap. So when you say, what are the components? I go energetics and mechanics is they have to be lined up. They have to be integrated day to day. And then of course, then big picture on the big vision as well. And if you don't have it right now as a practice owner, should you just quit and sell your business and just go work for someone? Go home. (laughs) There's no hope. You know what? I see a lot of practice owners who should not be practice owners. 
you should like you know like you should just you should have you know like i think they felt like it was like the next step in their journey you know yes i know it's like a borrowed dream right you thought it was a good idea and then when it maybe later you realize it's not a good idea or it's not for you but you're too afraid to let go i think knowing when to quit is also a really winning strategy hey actually let's talk about that one so when at what point in your clinic owner journey, you know, like you keep on losing, keep on losing. What, when should you quit? Like, what are the signs that you say, Hey, you know what? Like, yeah, this is at a certain point, like you got to give up, right. You know, like you're just wasting time. Right. And it's sucking your energy and destroying relationships around you. Like what what would you say are like some, some yellow flags or red flags that you should seriously consider? That's such a hard question. You're putting me on the spot because it's like, I never want to tell somebody to quit. But I will say this, the most important lesson that I learned in my, that I've learned in my life that I've actually tattooed on my arm. (laughs) Where is it? Tattooed on my arm is here. It says trust. It says trust. Trust. Okay. Okay. It's to trust myself is to trust myself. Most people will not sit down and spend time with themselves to try to figure out is when I became a clinic owner, was it my idea or was it a borrowed dream? You know, right now I'm year three, year 10, year 13. Is this my idea or am I doing it out of a place of fear? Because if I quit, what is my family going to say? What, you know, I'm not confident in building something else or doing something else or Uh, what, what am I, how am I going to be perceived? What are other people going to think? So, um, I don't know that I have like, here are the three things. If you know, these things are, you know, you should quit. I'm the how to guy. I want to know the how to, (laughs) I know, but I also am hesitant to tell somebody to, no, no, I I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what if like someone right now, if they're listening to this conversation and they've had a hard like two decades and then all of a sudden something clicks and yeah. they're like they turn things around and they're like oh it's my energy and then they yeah. like shift. i don't know i'm I'm just optimistic about um how that works humanity <laughs> humanity yeah i have high hopes for us yeah yeah i, I do agree with you i 100 agree it is not the tactics not the mechanic it's 100 on how you lead and communicate and i'm going to just add that third piece which you talked about which is your energy levels right you know and how you show up because as an entrepreneur or a clinic owner like um you need to have people who are aligned that want to follow you and like if you're not a passionate person if you're not likable and if if people don't want to be around you because of your energy levels then you're never going to build a successful practice hell no you can have all the recipes and formulas. You, I tried this, I tried that, you know, but yeah, you know, at that point you should be, you know, you should be doing some of this quantum leap, like coaching stuff, right. You know, or the mindset stuff, or go talk to a therapist to deal with your child. Some of your, um, you know, feeling like, uh, you know, like whether it's that your mindset or not feeling good enough, you know, like, or, uh, or dealing with some of your childhood wound stuff. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's hard for a lot of like, um male clinic owners to actually even consider it you know because there's a lot of ego like in in this right you know and so um and i think also a lot of pressure on men you know to provide and to protect to um you know there's there's just a lot of societal familial pressure on men um you know i i meet because I speak to the burnout on on stages all over the U.S. and international, I, I definitely dive into the burnout, right? So I actually hear stories of men will walk up to me after I speak on stage and they'll speak to the fact that, you know, I am burning out. I am tired. I don't want to do this. But they feel so trapped in the situation that they are in. And sometimes a shift in mindset can be the thing that you know has you quantum leap yeah sounds like everyone should be joining a tony robbins course you know to shift their mindset right well i don't know i did tony robbins for a while and i think tony robbins more like do 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 which is the mechanics yeah. and not enough energetics 
Interesting. I, I was a platinum partner for Tony Robbins. I traveled all over the world with him. And oh, wow. Wow. He was a big part of my journey. But um, I think also, um, you know, I found ease in, in other yeah. ways, too. Okay, cool. Yeah, you uh, you have a very uh, interesting perspective, you know, right? Yeah, well, uh, I hope it's helpful for your audience. Oh, yeah. 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 But but I'll, I'll tell you this. I think the best thing that happened in COVID was that like, I think it brought up like, um, you know, um, these real issues of like mental health and like burnout and feeling overwhelmed. Whereas in the past, people wouldn't talk about it. Right. Totally. Like more and more, like, you know, like um, even within our community, I get a lot of our members like in, in a lot of males a lot of like you know uh more males than I've ever seen before where they're like hey rick can i talk to your therapist mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right because i'm pretty open like talking about it because you know it helps save my marriage but it's also helping with like other stuff and i and almost use my therapist as like a, like a life coach now too right i'm talking oh, about yeah. real stuff i'm like this is what's happening like am i crazy to think like this you know why do i get so upset when my dad yells at me still you know right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I know what you mean. And I, you know, I hope if there are any men that are listening, like they know that they are supported, you know, yeah. that they can be supported, they can find support in a yeah. mentorship and a coach and a therapist. Yeah. What are some uh, resources uh, that you would uh, like, you know, recommend or uh, yeah, recommend to to uh, to yeah, to them, you know? Uh, to men who are you know I I'm not a man so it's hard for me to just like to to make suggestions I like directly to or that. just like resources that they would like seek yeah. or you know yeah well if, if they're feeling overwhelmed you know yeah. or like they feel like they're going through um some mental health stuff you know or or yeah or in struggling yeah. relationships right I think uh, what I would say is that vulnerability is a really incredible tool for men that mm -hmm. is underutilized. So you rarely meet men that are, uh, you know, and I'm single and I've dated, well, I'm not single, I'm, I'm in a relationship, but I mean, I'm not married is what I mean. And I, I dated for a while and I remember meeting men and, and being like, where is the depth? But then I started to understand that the depth was not, it, it's not that it didn't exist. It was just, there was so much fear and anxiety in sharing that because they would be perceived as weak. Yeah. And so I think the, I think that for men to get vulnerable, like the fact that they're coming to you and they're telling you, and I think probably safer for them in a, in a relationship, maybe with other men to share, maybe with women, I don't know, but yeah. to, to get vulnerable and be like, Rick, I have a problem. I'm unhappy. I'm unfulfilled. My marriage is suffering. My, I don't feel good enough. Like to have a space or a support system where they can have that conversation, but you can't have that support system if you can't go deep and if you can't be vulnerable about what you are experiencing. So I think it goes back into sitting with yourself and figuring out what is going on that you are unhappy about that you need to change. And then finding the support system where you can share that in a safe space. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great tips, you know. Sort of uh, my perspective. I I could be totally off because like I said, I'm not a man. This is my perspective as a woman. No, no, I think it's great. I think we're uh yeah. No, I it's interesting, like we just spoke for like for the first time for like 30, 40 minutes, and I feel like I've known you for a long time. Yeah, same. Well, I figured we, we are very similar, like I said, from the first few minutes we chatted. Yeah, yeah. So it's super cool. Um, all right, last question. I'm yeah. curious, uh, where do you see the profession of chiropractics, uh, chiropractors um, going in the U.S.? Like, wh where is this profession going? Which is with everything that's going on. And let me give some context. It's like, you know, obviously, like, there's reimbursements going on, like, 
You got like all these other different like allied health cares, uh, all competing in the same space, trying to fix the exact same thing, whether it's physical therapists or you got natural paths, you know, and, and then, uh, yeah. So I'm just curious, like, where do you see like the chiropractic profession, like heading, like in the years to come? Yeah. You know, um, let me preface with what we discovered on this call about me, which is I am optimistic about humanity. <laughs> which makes me optimistic about chiropractors too. So I do see that there is a lot more um, concierge, you know, a lot more of the concierge type uh, businesses in the medical model and in the chiropractic model that are popping up. I also see a lot a lot more groups or multiple um, clinics that are sort of the, the roll-up model. I see a couple yeah. of those, uh, you know, like just in my bubble that are yeah. happening at the same time, which is a beautiful thing. And, um, and I also see that after COVID and just where the consciousness of people is that I, I do see a lot of hope for chiropractic because for the first time, people are actually seeking alternative medicine because of, you know, the pain that, that they all went through or the discoveries or the truths that, that, that they were discovered as a result of this really traumatic thing that happened, which was COVID, right? So yeah. people are seeking something different. There's more awareness around alternative therapy. So I think that the future of chiropractic is going to be amazing. It's going to be great. I love that. I love that. You know, yeah, these clinic rollouts, we're talking about that. You know, uh, like, is there is is there a specific group that's doing rolling up? Like, I see joint chiropractics, but I think those, that's more like a franchise, right? That's definitely a franchise. I actually talked to the uh, the the founder uh, of of that of the joint. They have eight hundred plus clinics. They're seeing that's insane. You know, that's insane. People. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, it's a yeah. franchise. And you know what he told me? He, um, well, he's his his interviews on my podcast. So I guess I can say this. But he said he wouldn't necessarily do fr- the franchise model if he had to do it again. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't but, do franchise. It's, it's 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 that's a tough business. I I meet so much practice owner that wants to open up a franchise. Like I don't know you fully understand what you need to do for a franchisee. You know. Yeah. You know to keep them. You know. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Profitable, that, right? I've I've talked to multiple people like Robert Malello, who is uh, the founder of Brain Balance in the, in the states, and he's doing yeah. some other things. But he sold his franchise, and he told me the same exact thing. He was like, "I wouldn't do the franchise model, but the roll uh, the roll up model with an exit strategy has yeah. been super popular in yeah. uh, in the states." I looked into it. I'm part of one uh, as, as an investor, and uh, okay. yeah, that those are popping up. There, there's not like a what's the lot. biggest group right now what's the biggest chiropractic rollout that you see because it, it's nothing compared to the is nothing compared to the physical therapy rollout. that's a big space right you know right really? yeah i yeah. don't know i don't know what it's like in the physical i don't know that they would be a well-known roll-up to okay. be honest with you because the way it looks is usually it's just like one to ten clinics so they yeah. roll they get to ten and okay. then you know, they're, they're, you're looking at about 10 million in uh, revenue and then okay. they'll roll it up and they'll have an exit strategy for a hundred million. So, okay. and then they exit and, okay. and then they do whatever they do with it. So, so they're just rolling up like a dozen or so. Is that what you're saying? Like they're not rolling up like hundreds or thousands, right? They're right now. I think more of what's happening is the, the chiropractic industry is becoming familiar with the roll up model yeah. for the first yeah. time. So what I experience is more of the 10 to 12 and then exit. And then I don't know, I don't know too many that if they're not a franchise, you know, then there's this other model where um, there are a few of these that have popped up over the years where like they have the one owner and then the partial owner associate open up 10 clinics all under, but it's not roll up. It's just, you know, partnerships, ownerships. Yeah. Split up ownerships. Yeah, I think I shared with you, like, you know, the, the clinics I used to own right mm-hmm. now is owned by, um, like, the um, largest, like, grocery chain, you know, right? And and they're they're already rolled up pharmacies. Now they want to roll up, like, physical therapy clinics, right? So they got about three, four hundred, you know, like, but if you yeah. look in the U.S., you know, like, there is, like, like, there's so much of these big groups, you know, like, you know, my good friend, Chris at USPH, they got 600, 700, like, physical therapy yeah. clinics. 
You got ATI, I think they got 800, you know, they got select medical, they're inside the hospitals, I think they got thousands, you know, and, and a lot of these like smaller ones uh, that own 50 or 100 clinics right now are actually backed by private equity, right? And so they roll it all up. And then they yeah. sell it to like, kind of like the, the exactly. next guy on the top, you know, the strategics, right? So who yeah. are want to pay like, you know, that, you know, uh, double digit, like multiples, right? So Exactly. Yeah. And um, that's not so much happening in the U.S. with the chiropractic model, but right. I do think we're on our way there right. I in a, in a while, in a while. Because right. like I said, chiropractors, if you told them, uh, if you said roll up model to the average chiropractor, they'd be like, what is that? Is that a yeah. like a fruit roll up? You know, <laughs> I don't know. They wouldn't know what it is. Um, but I yeah. do think that that's popping up more. Yeah. And I'm curious, like, you know, like one trend that I see happening in Canada and actually even outside of the U.S. is that you're seeing more multidisciplinary clinics, right? You know, so, um, you know, like, like, you know, like a lot of the own, uh, practice owners you work with, like they might own a three, four million dollar practice and um, a million of that is physiotherapy, a million is chiropractic, a million is massage and a million is like maybe like all the other stuff, like you know, like, um, naturopathic medicine, but, but, and then I see like, you know, I see chiropractors owning this, you know, like in Canada or in Australia, or I even see like, uh, so it's not just like physical therapy owning, but I don't see that happening in the U S and I'm just curious, like, why is that? Is this an ego thing between the professions Um, or? Well, I think there are a couple of components. One, I do see it. I I have a couple of clinics that I directly work with that are like that. They're uh, multi-location, integrated, and they have medical. There's so many of them in the States, but to your point- But not at scale, right? Like you you see a few here and there, but it's not a common theme. Like there's just, it seems like there's this old school, like physio versus chiro, like mindset still, right? with physios or with medical because majority of them are medical and chiro combined yes and you're talking about physio. yes yeah. yeah i'm talking about physio and chiro being in the same space okay so no i don't see a ton of those and i yeah i would agree probably the old but why as a consumer don't you want a one-stop shop you know like and it's already a category you know that they search for you know yeah i know there is, uh, I mean, there, that's definitely a philosophical thing for chiropractors. I think part of it, the other part of it is, well, what's the benefit of having a physio um, under chiropractic license, right? So what's yeah. better than that? What's better than than physio and chiro getting together for chiropractors seems to be the chiro and the medical and physio. Why? Because then you bill under the medical for physio and for chiro. And then now your, you know, your insurance uh, payout instead of like $80 is like $800, right? So yeah. they put in the medical. And then the other piece of it is in the, I don't know how it works in Canada, but in the States, and don't quote me on this particular fact, but I do believe that if you bring in medical, for example, which is what more so the theme in the States, um, yeah. the Cairo can't own that entity fully. So yeah. there, you got to follow a loophole and yeah, you know, there's tons of legal structures around that, you know, like, you know, so. so I think that stops a lot of the average chiropractor to integrate. Interesting. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, it boggles my mind how like, I don't see more of that in the U S like everyone's just like, I want to do my own thing, you know, but like, it's like, and yes, they blame the legal, they blame, they blame the regulatory and all this other stuff. But like, I just, I just feel like it's a little backwards, you know, right. From a consumer standpoint. Right. You know, yeah. So. But I think that a lot chiropractic, I mean, you, you probably know this or come across this, but chiropractic is what is about removing subluxation and allowing yeah. the, you know, the flow of energy to go from, you know, from above down inside out. So if I bring, if that's my product and I'm super passionate about it, that's literally why I became a chiropractor because I want to heal yeah. people through that particular tool. Yeah. Then to bring in physio, it's going to mix my messaging. That I think that's the thought process. Yeah. But that also, that also speaks to the fact that that's why a lot of chiropractors and I think just healthcare professionals in general, they're not business savvy. They don't yeah. have the education. But, but regardless of what that chiro or physio thinks, there is like, there is like the same amount of traffic on Google, like of someone searching for physical therapy and chiropractic, you know? 
Okay. So it's not even a competition. It's like people oh, no. yeah. in your clinic is saying, I want a physical therapist. I want a chiropractor. I want a massage therapist. I want to like, you're just like, you're just fulfilling demand here. It has nothing to do with like wh whose patient this is, you know, because someone that is calling for physical therapy, they want physical therapy. Someone calling for yeah. chiropractic, they want like, there's nothing you could like do to like convert them, you know? So, so yeah. And I personally see it that way too. The other thing I see is let's say someone raises their hand, they go, I want physical therapy. Then they come in and then, what about freaking cross conversion? If you care so much about chiropractic, what about cross converting the physio? Yes. This is what we do in Canada. This is what we do in Canada. This is why, like, our, our typical, like, you know, the when I look at the best practice in our community, like, they're doing three, four million. You know, it's because, like, they're going after the search terms that the patient wants already, not what the chiro wants, not what the physio wants, it's actually what the patient wants. Okay. So. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I'll leave it that. Like we took a lot of your time. Um, I'm uh, no, I'm super curious. How do people find out more about you and the type of coaching that you do? Like, how do people like hear uh, find out more about you? Yeah, I have. Uh, well, probably the same way you found out about me is on Instagram. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm on Instagram. They can look me up on Instagram. But my web on my website on on my Instagram page specifically, I have a link that gives them a guide. It's a free guide. It's a multiple page PDF that hopefully won't sit in their inbox if they download it. But in that guide, I walk people through the steps that I per personally took that took me from being completely burnt out in my clinic and in my life, really, and uh, being able to transform my life and, and, you know, and have a juicy, expansive life. So if they're interested in more of the life vision concepts, there's a guide there. And my website is elevate.me, which is not spelled like elevate. It's spelled E-L-I-V-A. T-E dot me. So that's my web. Just to make it complicated, right? Okay. And, and what's your website? So people go to it. That's yeah. So E-L-I-V-A-T-E dot me. That's okay. that'd be the website. Okay, cool. Or just Google my name. That might be easier. Yes. You will see her everywhere on social media. Like I see I or her website. I, I see her feed all the time. So well, we'll see everyone like next week on the show. And Nona, thank you for uh, being a guest on today's show. It was awesome kind of meeting you and chatting with you for the first time. I feel like I've known you for years. Yeah, thank you. Same. I, I really appreciate it. I had a great time. Thanks, yeah. Rick. Thanks. Yeah, that was, that was super cool. You're uh, I love your story. This, this is uh, it was nice chatting. With I hope to meet you one day in person, you know, all right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, let me know if there's any way I can add value to your members. Um, yeah. I also podcast i'm happy to have you on the podcast yeah i run events do you do you do events in order or no like in person I, events? yeah uh, yeah i do in person events but i do like smaller retreats where they're okay. short workshop style so okay. you know cool. around the emotional aspects of things and so yeah. i do for entrepreneurs they're not just chiropractors interesting yeah, yeah. I, I run uh yeah last year yeah i run i run a lot of like meetups yeah you know? i look for practice owners, we'll have like 50 or 60 people there. And then once a year, I'll run a, like a summit, you know, like uh, called the Clinic Boss Summit. And we'll have like 300 practice owners. And yeah. um, this year we're doing it in Florida for the first time. Um, normally nice. we do it in Toronto. And so maybe, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe uh, I could even like uh, have you come to maybe not this one, maybe like the next year's, uh, uh, next year's version and talk about some of the stuff we talked about today, which I think is super valuable. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. If I can add any value, um, I mean, I speak all over the place. So like I, I actually cool. professionally speak as well. So you, you know, you're going to get a really good presentation, uh, okay. value presentation too. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, and, and when are you going back to Italy next? Um, so during the holidays, I'm sticking around here in the States and then I leave yeah. in January. Stay okay. there. And where are you in Italy? In Rome. Wow. Is, are is, you going to head up Rome anytime soon or have you been? Did you go? No, this I, my, my three months is up. I I, I got to leave. <laughs> I'm going to the UK to hang out for three months now. <laughs> okay, good. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, Rome's too big for us. We're, we're small town people, you know. We want quiet places. You, you have not been in Rome? No, I, I went there like years ago. I, I'm trying to go all these other places that I normally would not go, you know. Okay. Right. All right, so, fine. Okay, but, well, yeah, maybe we'll meet up in somewhere because I go to the UK. I'm okay. speaking in, uh, in London coming up for a bunch of chiropractors. So it's funny, okay. people that I meet in my life here, I'm more likely to meet up with them in elsewhere in europe somewhere 
Hey, do you know do you know a chiropractor named uh, Aaron Gum? Like, do you know him? Is it like does he ring a bell or no? He he owns a he has a has a coaching practice too. It's, I think it's called Blueprint Automation. Oh, yeah. A blueprint. Uh, yeah. Is it's not. Aaron Gum. Yeah. It's not just coaching, right? They sell a whole system with the. It's a whole system and like they do everything. Yeah. I don't. But know I think. No. Yeah. I spoke at his event last year, but he had like 600 chiropractors like at that event. It was insane, you know? Okay, cool. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. you should reach out to him because some of the stuff, like he's definitely not um, talking some of the stuff that you're talking about. Like it's just, he's very much like me, like the how-to stuff, right? So yeah, I think that's why I get the speaking gigs that I get is because uh, when I meet with people like you, they're like, well, we go together. Like we, yeah. you know, it's, I'm not competing with you. We're like, on parallel paths like i can teach them something different than you but i also affirm everything that you are teaching at the same time so yeah sounds good okay well thanks for your time and uh and i'll, I'll chat with you on instagram okay okay perfect sounds good right, talk to you take soon care. take thanks. care bye, bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got some applicable nuggets to quantum leap your life and your practice. Be sure to subscribe to this channel and be the first to know when we release our next guest here on Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Nona Javid, D-J-A-V-I-D, to keep up with my not-so-secret life. And um, check out Elevate Club at www.elevate.me and Elevate is spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. We'll see you at the next episode.